not quite beyond, but so in a way we have a continuation of last week's chapter with this week's chapter of forgiveness, which in many ways ties into our ideas of justice and non-justice and what to do about this. So, we, we've talked about forgiveness in different ways, and certainly atonement is about forgiveness, especially the way we do it with atonement for what so-called we've done and atonement for so-called what has been done to us. However, Joko was taking an even more direct and um, fundamental point when she says we would all be realized Buddhas if we just forgave. Or, to say it another way, as she says it in the sentence before, our failure to know joy is a direct reflection of our inability to forgive. And when we say forgive, we're talking about forgiving others, so-called, forgiving ourselves, forgiving this moment for being as it is, or being as it isn't, all sorts of ways where not forgiving or non-forgiving is actually a facet and a um, uh, manifestation of self-centeredness in many ways. So, as I said, I, I don't want to talk too much. I want you all to um, reflect on this and talk about how you practice with it, and especially, as I said, how this is connected with what we saw last week when we talked about justice. Um, and if you remember the last sentence of the justice section was joy, not happiness, is the fruit, the fruit of our living in this radical way, in this radical dimension of justice as opposed to our usual psychological view. So, I'll stop here and see if we could um, talk about this together. Because that's really where it comes most useful to see where non-forgiveness, maintenance of anger, maintenance of other self-positions create trouble for us. Or even just noticing how we're maintaining this idea of who we're not forgiving, what we're not forgiving, whether it's in terms of condition, whether it's in terms of someone in front of us, or may, maybe in terms of some memory of long ago, um, and maybe not even an accurate memory, but we'll leave that for now.
So, who wants to begin? Um, I'll begin. Um, one of the things that resonated for me with, uh, in terms of what she was saying was uh, forgiving oneself. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I really think that, to me, that's the base of uh, a lot of anger and frustration that I have is that there's a part of me that believes that I should have known better. I know you often talk about like, three poisons, uh, woulda, shoulda, coulda, you know, that, that yes. type of thing. Um, and I, I really feel that, um, that, that what I see is the, the sort of this fundamental belief, that, not that I'm not forgivable, I could be forgiven, uh-huh. um, if I could just allow myself to just, um, you know, go a little deeper with that. Sometimes I can when I say, you know, I did the best I could or, you know, I, I didn't, I, I can't live in the past. What it could have should is like living in the past, right? Because you didn't do what you did at the time. Um, but I, I just, I just, that really resonated with me. And, and I feel like, for mo- I don't know, it seems, it seems to me that for most people when they get upset, even though they might be saying that they're really upset with somebody else, a lot of times they think it's they're angry with themselves or upset with themselves. Yeah. Um, but it's easier to maybe project that out. But for me, I see that for me it really is about uh, self-forgiveness for, you know, errors in judgment I've made or, uh, you know, maybe feeling like, you know, I, I, knew, I knew I shouldn't have done it that way, but I did, you know. I, why did I do it that way? Um, so that's, that to me I think is... Um, uh, very important because once I, if I could be okay with that stuff, then, it, then it's easier for me to be okay with other people and their stuff. Yeah. And she talks about, you know, compassion. Yeah. Uh, that was, I think, in the other chapter, the last chapter, was the opposite of justice or injustice is, is injustice, it's compassion. Yeah. So to me, it's easier to be compassionate with others when I can be compassionate with myself, which, which goes back to being forgiving. Yeah. And in a way, if we take it from a slightly different angle, forgiving means being willing to be or being intimate as this moment is, which means as this moment is, including all the stories you have about the so-called past which have resulted in the so-called present or so-called others doing which results in the present moment, that Forgiving means saying, I don't want to be the present moment as is. Um, oh, I should you say it differently. Forgiving. Not forgiving is, is I don't want to be the present moment as is. And to forgive means to give up on that I don't want to be the present moment. Or to say, I will embrace, be this present moment as is, despite any ideas or thoughts I have which just blind me to the, if I say it in fancy terms, the emptiness of the present conditions or the perfection of the cause and effect that comes as this present moment conditions. See, it's, that's, in a way, Zazening is as it is. As it is. We are not fixing our body to be and our mind to be in a certain way, and then it'll be okay to do Zazen. But Zazen is as this moment is. Um, The moon 
in this water the way this water is. Not, I have to wait until the water is perfectly clear, then I could put the moon in it. It might be that we, so to speak, can see the moon more clearly when the water is less ruffled, but we see it where, when we see it, and that isn't our job. Our job, so to speak, is to be this moment, which means to forgive any ideas we have about how it shouldn't be so that we can be as it is. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And in a way, atonement is another side, or another facet of forgiving. Whether it it's... Like, oh. Go ahead. Well, it sounds like your, your use of forgiveness is, is not just for like forgiving somebody in the past or the present that you, that I would have, I feel that's done me wrong as it were, you know. Yes. But something else about it, something a little more, uh, more subtle or deeper. Yes. Uh, about just forgiving myself for not being in the present in, you know, or not feeling I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing or, or not practicing quite as energetically or with effort or, you know, something like that. I, I don't know. In, in maybe, a, maybe I'm mistaken, but... Yeah, in a way it's releasing the stories and conditions that we have about so-called ourself and so-called others, um, about it being not okay or needing to be fixed. Those thoughts and feelings might arise. Those bodily resistance might arise. And yet, being bigger than that or opening that up so that we can embrace and be that and yet not be blinded by that. Um, That's what forgiving is. Forgiving, or let's say it the other way, refusal to forgive means I keep on wanting to be angry at or resisting uh, at certain things, certain things so-called inside me or certain things so-called inside someone else or my memory about someone else or what I think they once upon a time did which may or might not be accurate Um, so yes and it's not a matter as Joko says it's not a matter of thinking about this or or having some idea, or much less having a standard that um, I should forgive, I should. That's just more thoughts. Forgiving isn't something we have to try to copy, but rather the natural being present when we aren't blinded or or aren't stuck on what we're holding on to. Um, Even forgiving ourselves, the holding on to this is holding and yet at the same moment letting it be transparent. Letting it be the intimacy of the moment. That's why she, she counterposes, so to speak, um, forgiving and self-centeredness or as she puts it habit of thinking self-centered thoughts 
That's exactly the point. So, in one sense, the last sentence that she uses is, so who is it you cannot forgive? And if you could take it one step further, you could look, who can't forgive? So, who is it you cannot forgive? Or what is it you cannot forgive? Because sometimes it's what's and not who's. Um, even though when it's what's, it's also a who, but it's a different kind of who. So that's a good question to ask when we feel upset or tensions, to look, who is it I can't forgive? Or what is it I can't forgive? And as Faye said, ourself is always the easiest one to notice um, or that we can't forgive if we're willing to notice it. I like the fact that um, she mentioned the body Mm -hmm. um, in the last paragraph on um, 55. Um, Right after she says that non-forgiveness is rooted in our habit of thinking self-centered thoughts, she talks about then... um, observing those thoughts and then experiencing as a physical bodily sensation the anger's residue yes. in the body. And I don't this I don't know if this is exactly what she's saying, but I my thought was that sometimes I don't I don't realize consciously that I um that I am um shall we say, you know, I guess you could say not forgiving something that's happening you know, in the moment, like, like you were saying, um, Elihu, like, you know, you don't want whatever moment you're in to be that way, so in a sense, you're, you're not, you're not forgiving that, sometimes I don't even realize that I'm upset about a situation, or that, um, that I'm really, or that I'm angry about a situation, but my body lets me know that, so, you know, suddenly I may have a migraine headache, or, um, my jaw may be clenched, or my shoulder may be, you know, all screwed up, and, um, and then I'll realize something's something's going on. There's a kind of like a kind of a resistance or a real tension. Um, so that's that's it's always interesting the way the body has messages like that. Yeah, and it's good that you brought up the point about um, the bodily anger. And as she's she notes, it's like. She uses the expression like a drop of poison in glass of water. In in a sense, and I've talked about this before, um, the, we talk about the three poisons, greed, anger, and confusion, or ignorance, because they poison our life, or they poison the life of the universe. And it's very much like a drop of poison in a glass of water. And it spreads. It spreads in all sorts of directions. And we can notice, if I'll use the word, the residue of the anger in viscerally, so bodily, in emotions, in, in the way we perceive things, in the way we carry ourselves along as we function and move in our voice, in how we do or don't hear or see others or see what they're saying to us, how we miss 
the trees and the wind and the sound and the ground that we're walking on? All because of this poison, whether it's the poison of anger or the poison of greed or other variations of the non-forgiving, in other words, not forgiving this moment for being as it is, as opposed to being as we figured out we want it to be, or should be, or could be, or planned it to be. We carry around these ideas and standards that become the basis of non-forgiving the moment if it doesn't fit our preconception. Therefore, it's, it becomes easy, if we're attentive, to notice, once we start noticing what not forgiving is in our like, in our experience, we could start sensing it when it arises, when it arises when we're with others, when it arises when old stories come up, when it arises when we meet someone or, or come into a situation. What does non-forgiveness feel like for you? And there's different flavors, but still there is certain aspects where you are the expert on noticing whether you're forgiving or not. It doesn't matter if you say anything or do any particular thing. It's something that we know because we're present and because our practice is maturing so that we can sense it, even though it's sometimes very hard to do, even though it's something that we can even justify to ourselves all sorts of reasons why we should not do that. Isn't it always ourselves that really needs forgiveness? Um, fundamentally, you know, if someone in my family, extended family, says or does something that makes me angry, it's not them that needs my forgiveness, my compassion necessarily. It's I need to forgive the reactive habit that caused me to tense up and to go into self-defense mode and maybe even to lash back in a verbal or attitude sort of way. And it seems to me like if I'm really within that moment experiencing, then they didn't make me angry. My reactive habit arising defensively that made me angry. And that's where my forgiveness really should be directed. Well, while that's true in theory, sometimes it's very real for us that I'm angry at so-and-so. And all the rest of that, while that might be so, I have to be able to forgive so-and-so by being present with them. And because I hold so strong the visceral anger or whatever towards them, or, and it might be that they're present when we hold it and it comes out in our speech and in our standing and looking at them or not looking at them and 
posture, or it might be that they're not even here, but I keep going back to it in my mind, thoughts, feelings, oh, she said that, oh, she's always, oh, she, uh, and so very much it's a, even though what you say might be true, it's really a, a, a detour sometimes to go to that because that helps us avoid what's really the work of forgiving her. I have to forgive her. I forgive her. I forgive her. Over and over, every time I don't want to forgive her. And then, it'll unpeel, so to speak, and reveal some of what you just said. But, sometimes we've got to deal with the immediate, I forgive so-and-so for doing this, for being this way, for not being this way, for being present, for not being present, or all sorts of other stories. We don't forgive lots of people. We don't forgive people we know. We don't forgive people we don't know. I mean, there's, you could make <laughs> lists of people in public who you've never met, who you don't forgive for all sorts of things that they might have said, done, been. Some of them are alive. Some of them have, are, have been dead for, for a long time, and you still don't forgive them. So, of course, it's, it's ours, but it's ours to forgive them before we further see what else there is there. Um, okay, um, well, can I follow up real quick on that? Okay. I'm sorry. Um, it's, it seems to me when, I, when I'm in the situ- that situation that you know, you're describing, and I described a little bit as well, um, when, you know, when that happens, someone says something, etc., it's based on a judgment uh, that I'm making towards that person, that this person messed up or is wrong or or is not a good person, and they then, therefore, need my compassion and forgiveness. I mean, it, it starts with a judgment on my part about this other person and the quality and the, and the whatever of this other person. But it's, and to me, that, that seems like the detour. Not going back and looking what's arising inside, with me and my reactive habit and being that, the detour would be, oh, well, this person needs me to forgive them. No, it's not that they need it, me it, to it, forgive maybe them. I, that's a way to defuse the situation no. by being compassionate towards them and my words and action. No, 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 no. That isn't what it is. It's not them that ever needs for, to be forgiven. It's our anger. No, it's our anger that needs, that, that poisons inside, outside, that requires, requires to be thrown into the moment forgiveness. But, this is Debbie. So, what does, I mean, this is a particular real problem for me right now because uh-huh. I haven't spoken to my father in like four months and it was an argument over my son and you know the issues there. Yes. It was an in-person argument in Florida and every, and I keep, every day I think about it. Every day I say, this is what I say, I say, I was right, he was wrong, <laughs> but I need to approach him. And every day, um, my same old ha- habit comes up and I say, no, but I was right. And how do I even 
approach him. I mean, in practice, I have, I am really struggling with this because um, of the thinking that just keeps coming up because I still think I was right and he was wrong and I don't even know how to go back and say, um, do I, you know, uh, is it my habit that's the problem? Because obviously um, there's perception, my perceptions of how he was. And and so I just, should I just say I'm sorry we have this argument? Um, but I just can't let it go. I just Good. keep thinking. And I'm starting to judge myself. What is wrong with me that I cannot let this go? That's another thing that that creates difficulties. Each time it arises is this time to take care of it. And it's interesting that you feel like forgiveness requires that I be wrong, even if you're right. So what? The point of forgiveness has nothing to do with right or wrong. See, if you're right, then you don't have to forgive, then he has to forgive. And if he's, if he's right, then you have to forgive. Notice that. That, that equation that you um, are holding on to, even if we're 100% right, 200%, 1,000%, does that um, justify poisoning the moment with anger? See, that's where, where she's getting at. That's exactly self-centeredness when we say, well, it's a matter of who's right. If I'm right... Then, then I win. If they're right, then I have to forgive them because I was wrong. Um, that's more of that negotiating. Um, notice the quote that she began from Kierkegaard. Um, Love the one through whom one became unhappy. Not love the one who makes you happy. Love the one through whom one became unhappy. See, notice that you still are requiring certain things in order to forgive, in order to let go of the several months ago disagreement. Now, how you approach him and and what you say depends on your skill and and. and um, and what's appropriate the next time you call him or whatever. I, so there isn't a formula, but the noticing over and over that you're, I'm right, and therefore I can't forgive him, or I can't whatever, that's a very poisonous situation, because, you know, lots of people can, can, can claim that they're right, and then you have all sorts of violence and hatred. Everyone is right. And it's not a matter of justifying, well, we'll prove who's the right one, and that's the one who's going to have to um, you know, be forgiven. 
That doesn't work that way. That's more self-centered thinking. That's more um, getting caught up in all these ways of judging and believing of what's so. Everyone is right and everyone is wrong. And so what? See? That's very helpful. That's very, that's very helpful. Yeah, this is a Jim, uh, Debbie's friend, and I guess a thought that came up about her situation, which I'm aware of, and certainly I have my own, is um, to perhaps, in my mind, uh, say to myself, I'm willing to forgive this person. Um, I'm willing to forgive my judgment about them. I'm sure I think I was right, or maybe they were, but so I have a judgment, perception, and I may, they may even not be here anymore. It may have been someone from long ago, but is it uh, helpful in our minds to perhaps do the forgiveness and, and that our, of course, our thoughts are very powerful, and maybe that may lead to knowing how to forgive someone in person. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's very good. And one of the ways we do that specifically is we, we have the Gatha of Atonement. You might not be familiar with it, but um, it, it's, it's very much a practice, both a saying and and even doing things like bowing with it as a way to viscerally, you know, all harm, the, the, the way I say it is all harmful actions ever committed by me and all harmful actions ever committed to me. So it doesn't make a difference. We have to forgive so-called ourselves and so-called others um, because, and the way to do it is over and over to acknowledge and to to be willing to embrace the moment and embrace it both verbally and both in our thoughts and in our experiencing, but also in things like, I mean, what we do is we bow. And bowing is a very visceral, immediate, and it's bowing with them, the circumstances, ourself, everyone else. It's not bowing to as if there's a, up and down, a better or worse someone. It's the forgiving is not about forgiving. I mean, it is about forgiving specifics, and yet it's not about forgiving in the sense as a way of isolating, of making someone right and someone wrong and someone better and someone worse and someone higher and someone less. See, that's that's exactly what anger and greed are about. It's It's about... Self-centered versus other-centered. And then we get into trouble. Then, if we operate on that level, um, it, it just continues to go in circles. That's what Joko calls, I'm trying to find where she talks about it, something about, um, I, don't, I don't remember where she says something about that, so I'll, I'll just leave it. So... But it's good that we could notice our inability to forgive because that is the first step to be able to acknowledge the thought, feeling, inability to forgive and then to, in a sense, embrace and sit in that. Not stew about it, but 
to experience that the inability or unwillingness to forgive. Good. Then that's where we have to begin with. And that's where what we have to embrace or bow with. That's why Joko says, um, she talks about the vow, I will forgive even if it takes me a lifetime of practice. What the practice is depends on the specifics. Because failing, unwilling to forgive is what perpetuates the self-centered harming and suffering. Even though we think it, it we're, what we're really doing is doing something to someone else. That's nonsense. Because what we're really doing is doing something to our, ourself when refusing to forgive. We're the ones yeah. who yeah. suffers the most. Yeah, someone wanted to say something. Yeah, this is Cindy. That one line that she has where she says something like, our life is on the line. Mm-hmm. That it's, it seems in a way that it's not even just our life, but it's, it's, it's all of life because mm-hmm. the whatever kind of... Um, internal suffering that occurs for not being able to forgive, that is manifested out in the world. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's why it's so important for us to find what works for us as a practice, both to notice unforgiving or not forgiving when it occurs, when it arises, and notice what's there and what is skillful practice for us with it. I mean, we've, we've, I've mentioned a few things, other people have mentioned a few things, but it's always dependent upon us to see what works for us, but more important, first see when does this arise, in, in what form does it arise, because sometimes there's just a little hint of of, of it, um, whether it's in something we say with bitterness towards our, uh, someone out loud or in our mind or towards ourself or about a situation. Or So it's the first step has to be to notice where it's occurring. We don't have to go looking for something to forgive. Don't worry. If, if there's if there's something to deal with, it'll appear in your life at some form, in some time, in some circumstances. What, what we need to do is be present, be ongoing presence, or zazening, or whatever way you want to say it, and it will appear. And if you miss noticing it right away, it continues to, in a sense circle and entangle so you you could notice the other points. So don't worry about going looking for what I couldn't forgive last year or last month, nor do we need to go look at who else can't forgive what. Don't have to worry about who of our friends or intimates or families um, can't forgive. That's not ours either to take care of. 
Ours, we have plenty to take care of our own forgiving or unwilling to forgive. And if you don't have anything to forgive, great, wonderful. Sometimes you even have to forgive just waking up and you, you have comments about the universe being the way it is. How do we forgive the universe of this moment when we wake up and we feel a certain way and it is a certain way inside or outside? Or, even worse, if someone made noise and, and woke us up, we, how do we respond? Do we notice how often we go to non-forgiveness as our response to circumstances that we don't like? Even that, I mean, that th- those are in a way small, and yet in a way they're habitual reactions that's important to work with when they occur, because they're there. And they're connected. It's connected to other aspects. So we take care of what there is to take care of, and there'll be more opportunities. And notice if you condition the forgiveness, I'll forgive him... I'll call him up and tell him I forgave him, which is, of course, nonsense. You don't have to tell anyone that you forgive them. They know very well by how you are with them or how you're not with them. But you don't have to tell anyone that you forgive them. But certainly, it doesn't work if you make it into a trade. I'll forgive them if... I'll forgive the universe if I get this outcome. I'll forgive myself if it turns out I really didn't make such a big mistake or whatever. But let's let's see. Some of you haven't had an opportunity, so I, I don't want to speak too much since I've already spoken too much. This is Cindy again. I, I, I guess the, the thing that has um, come to mind for me this week in reading this chapter is I'm not quite sure how to say this, but um, I, and I, I had never thought about this in the context of forgiveness, but I, I think I often tell myself there's kind of these um, uh, long-term habits of of, uh, um, thought, I guess is the way to say it, that I often tell myself, well, you know, I have these habits because of, you know, these things that happened in the past and you know, if those things hadn't happened, then, you know, I wouldn't have these habits. And, and there's, it seems like there's always been this holding on to this, this idea or belief that, that somehow these habits are a result of, you know, other things that happened. And there was something about reading that, this chapter this week that just really made me aware of that and that again I never had really thought about it in terms of forgiveness but that holding on to this idea of that what I'm doing right now is the result of 
things that happened in the past that 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 it is in a way is is a lack of forgiveness mm. and that that it um has created this sort of uh, well just i don't know habit is a word that keeps coming to mind that that i i think sometimes i've uh I've had the belief, well, I, you know, this really can't be different because of these other things that happened. And so I, I found the chapter very helpful mm-hmm. to read this week. Yeah. It, it, it's important to see that forgiveness isn't connected to blame. Um, and it's not about blaming past for occurring in a certain way or not occurring in a certain way or other shadings of blame. Notice when we do Goth of Atonement, we talk about um, uh, on account of beginningless greed, anger, and ignorance, born of body, mouth, and thought. Beginningless means that there's no blame involved. Blame isn't an issue. We often like to have blame be a facet of determining whether we will or won't forgive. Um, whether it's blaming ourselves or blaming others. Um, so it, it's good, Cindy, as, uh, as you say, to notice where that comes up. Um, and of course, blame, whether it's about ourselves or others, is just maintaining self-centeredness, and self-centeredness is other-centeredness. When we say, Characteristics of reality is anatom, anatman, non-self, whatever way you want to translate that. It's non-self, fixed permanent self, so-called me, non-self, fixed permanent self, so-called others. Um, whether it's other persons, other beings, other things, non-self, which is very much connected to this ongoing change. Anicca anatam dukkha. So... But it's useful to notice if we and uh, have these other unstated assumptions that we keep holding on to. And the more we notice forgiveness and unwillingness to forgive or various facets of anger, the more we could also notice when they arise. We don't have to go looking for them, but be sensitive to when they arise, the stories about blame and whether we then, what we say based on that. The the point is to, in a way, being present means also being willing to notice what we believe and don't want to believe or don't want to be present or what we want to make conditions in order to be this that we are, to be this joy, to be this forgiveness, or, alternatively, to see who, what, for what reasons are we unwilling to forgive, cannot forgive, must not forgive, should not forgive, all the other ways we have of justifying non-forgiving, which means justifying non-embracing the present moment, non-intimacy of this universe moment. 
Anyone else who wants to say something? Okay, next week, it's the talk nobody wants to hear. (laughs) And (laughs) since the last two have been fairly short ones, this one will be a long one. You'll see it's uh, uh, ten pages. And I don't know if we'll cover it all next week or it'll take two weeks. So, in any case, um, that's what we'll do. It's page 57, the talk nobody wants to hear. Okay, thank you all. Good night. Thank you. Good night, everybody.